everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Rewatchman, where we don't review movies, we re-review them. Today we'll be discussing the 2002 film Equilibrium, written and directed by Kurt Wimmer, starring Christian Bale. I am T.C. DeWitt, and with me today, returning to the cast, Steve Abraham. Hi. How's it going, Steve? Are you ready? I'm good. You ready for a nice long conversation about how you can use math to dodge bullets? I haven't talked to anyone in a long time. (laughs) So you're a math guy. So how how well do you think you could get into a firefight and? and... (laughs) (laughs) Good to have you back. Good good to have you back. It's been a while since you've been on the cast, but it's it's uh, been a long time. What was the last one? Sandlot. Uh, yep, I think that would be it. I think it's Sam- been forever. Ooh, good callback, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, so, equilibrium, equilibrium, equilibrium. You need to go to equilibrium. Equilibrium. That little kid's yeah. is weird. Yeah, <laughs> equilibrium. I made an appointment for you at equilibrium. <laughs> so, what are your what are your memories of this movie? You've seen this more than once. I surely you've seen this more than once. This this is one of those like. DVDs that every movie geek has. Yeah, I feel like. I mean, I literally watched this on DVD. I have that same DVD, and that's what I watched today. <laughs> this came in a two pack, and I can't remember what the second movie was. There was a time Best Buy would do their their two pack movies, yeah. and there I can't remember what this came with, but yeah. the la- it was Layer Cake, I bet. <laughs> you know, that would, that would, <laughs> I layer, feel like those la- two just go together. Layer, layer Cake came with uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. <laughs> So this this came out. It did not have a wide release in America. It had a very limited run in America. It didn't. No, it never went to major major theaters. Yeah, I definitely didn't see yeah. it in theaters. This, this was one of those uh, underground films. It was like you got to see this movie, borrow this, watch this. Cult. This is cult. like a cult Kinda movie. Cult yeah, yeah. Uh, and it came out a year before the Matrix, but there it didn't really gain popularity on DVD. The first Matrix. Yeah. The first Matrix was like. Two thousand. Oh, oh wait, hold. this was in. Sorry, sorry. You you are correct. I, I need to correct myself here. This was in developments before the Matrix. Oh, okay. Right. So the the whole idea that there the oh well, equilibrium is just a Matrix light. Well, <laughs> they were made at different times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what is your what is your memories of equilibrium? Equilibrium. I've always liked this movie. Uh, rewatching it today, I still like it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely started to lose its kind of appeal to me. It, uh, it's starting to feel dated. Yeah, it, but not not terribly dated. There's no. a couple of like early on. There's like a a, a crash zoom moments that's mm-hmm. so like mid '90s yeah. filmmaking. But for the most part, this this. Still holds up. This does not feel yeah. like I, it's a fifteen-plus-year-old movie. The, the ideas definitely still work, and we'll, it's like Brave New World, though, right? Yes, it's, yeah, it's it, very much Brave New World kind of story. Nineteen eighty-four by yeah. George Orwell. We watched V for Vendetta, which also has lots of similarities yeah. to this film. In that it's uh, the, there's Big Brother, the big head on the screen, telling people yeah. like everything is fine. Yeah. Obey. And those stories are always going to be classic. I think when I say this film feels dated, it's definitely from a visual standpoint. Yes, yeah. You I know. would love to see someone go in and remaster this movie and mm-hmm. give it a new color grade. Yeah. Because that's that's something that modern movies now have more of a... Um, the blacks are darker and the, the colors are a little more dynamic. Mm-hmm. When, when I think of something like John Wick, which... 
this definitely is comparable to in terms of the action yeah. of the movie. Or, All the angles. Or dread. All the math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> math. <laughs> or dread, which has a – it's a dark movie, but the colors are so vibrant yeah. in that movie. Uh, that that e- equilibrium does feel dated in that the, the look of it is just not as, as interesting. It, it kind of looks like direct-to-video now. I mean, I guess it was direct-to-video. <laughs> direct-to-Netflix? Really. Direct-to-Netflix. There we go. They don't make <laughs> movies anymore on on discs. <laughs> well, that's why we have to dust off this old artifact here. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix let us down. But the, the, the ideas of this are universal, and there's a reason that George Orwell's 1984 and things like Animal Farm and these... Decades, if not century-old stories yeah. of dystopia continue to keep coming back. It's, There's it is, always going to be some tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie certainly has some not-so-subtle Nazi imagery in the Iron Cross yep. <laughs> emblem of of the the, uh, the Grammatron. The Grammaton Clerics. Tetragrammaton Clerics. Tetragrammaton. So for those of you who may not remember, much like... The Matrix, this has a little bit of a Jesus allegory to it. Yes. <laughs> so Christian Bale plays, like, the best the one. law enforcement agent. The The premise of this movie is that... He's like the best Gestapo. Yeah. Like, really. <laughs> like... the, the world couldn't take war anymore. That that they, they found a solution, and it's to erase emotions. Yep. So if we wipe out emotions, there won't be war anymore. Yeah, and in order, in order to enforce this, they created a fourth branch. America, at least, created a fourth branch of government called the Tetragrammaton, which is basically clerics. The, the <laughs> clerics who go out, round up artwork, destroy people who who have emotions and aren't taking their ha- their drugs that make them neutral. Yeah, it opens with them like burning the Mona Lisa. Right? right. Yeah, <laughs> it's real. Burn yeah. it. <laughs> they have a little like authenticated. It's real. <laughs> Burn it. <laughs> And uh, and Christian Bale's Prescott, right? Preston Prescott. Uh, um, he forgets to take his drug. He drops his little vial yeah, for the breaks day. Breaks on the the bathroom floor. And that's all he needs to have that one day of slight emotion to start this downward spiral of realizing. Mm-hmm. You know what? Maybe being a robot person is not the best way to live. And you know, because of that, that actually. Uh Brings up something at the end that I never really uh, caught before mm-hmm. is where he, the the leader of the resistance is like, we just need one day. We just blow up these factories and we can stop production just for one day. It'll make the difference. Okay. Human emotion will take over. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've seen this movie like ten plus times. I never noticed that line whatsoever. That, that's, <laughs> he wasn't wrong. Yeah, that, that idea of opening everyone's eyes for an instant. If only to question reality mm-hmm. is the type of thing that in resistance that's that's what revolutionaries often fight for against very authoritarian governments. Yeah. It's like if we can just have one moment of clarity mm-hmm. across the board, the the voice of the revolution can be heard. Yeah, uh, certainly something that could that's a bit poignant to what we're dealing with now in the political climate. <laughs> but uh, the. But let's let's talk about that. The idea that you could stop war without emotions. Do you think that emotions are the reason we have wars? 
I bet there's been some wars <laughs> that it, have been over emotions, but I think it's usually something else, it, like it, some it, other desire, yeah. political, like... I don't... Yes, I agree. I don't think that it's the, I'm just a very passionate person and that's why yeah. I'm going to fight you. It's it's these quiet machinations of pride mm-hmm. and control and the belief that you know what's better for someone, so you... you impose that upon them. Yeah, especially, I think, now. Mm-hmm. That's even more, like... <laughs> At the very least, with this idea of erasing emotions, it just made it easier for the authoritarians to take over. Because mm-hmm. even when you finally see... Big brother at the end, fa- yeah. father as he's called yeah. in this movie. He's got artwork up and curtains up, mm-hmm. and just just how typical and he is feels. it? <laughs> <laughs> how typical is it that the leader who thinks they know best is breaking the rules? Of course, their own rules. That is so Sex shit cliche <laughs> and something we deal with often. Like how often yeah. is a very stout conservative anti-gay? And gets caught with a dude in the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> it's all up on their cell phones. <laughs> yeah. TSA finds it. And... Uh, excuse me, but... Uh... Why were you blowing this man? <laughs> <laughs> but the the idea of uh, the erasing of emotions... I, I will admit that emotions definitely cause a lot of problems in terms of what, how we exist now in the social media era. Oh, yeah. Because this movie... And George Orwell's 1984 yeah. and Brave New World, all that stuff. They couldn't possibly have foresaw the trading of emotional information via social media. Mm-hmm. One might disagree with me. Like, surely someone listening might be like, oh, well, actually, they, they, they predicted Twitter here and there. I'm like, <laughs> because then I, I almost kind of see the authoritarian side of things. It's like... You know, maybe uh, people need less of a voice because, <laughs> seriously, how many problems are created because of Facebook and oh, Twitter? I mean, and we have a we currently have a president who thrived on Twitter bullying, right? He's so, still sorry, doing it! Sorry, I didn't mean to put that in the past tense. <laughs> the other day he was complaining about Arnold or something. Yeah, right? like. <laughs> but the Getting better things to do. <laughs> The I get I can kind of get on the side of the authoritarian set of uh, idea of of control. I'm, obviously, I'm being to an extent. Silly. I'm being I'm being silly, of course. Uh, but the uh, what, what, what do you think? What do you think of this world? This this control? Where where? It sounds horrible. <laughs> it's set in 20, 20, uh, 2072, so fifty five fifty five years from today. All right, I won't make it till then, so we're gonna be <laughs> all right. Can you can you imagine? Uh, we live in in a lot of uh, in a in a policed state, in a controlled state. There, the exchange of information, the the lies we are told via the government, and like you look at stuff like the WikiLeaks and Snowden, and like yeah. these people who are trying to expose the truth. Like, open your eyes, people. Mm-hmm. Look at look at the bigger picture here. But there's the the other side of that is. Some of this deception or or lack of information and transparency is for your own good. So says the government. It should be my choice. What's for my own good? <laughs> That's it, how I've always felt. It's, right? it's yeah. I I don't disagree. But at the same time, there are there you can are, understand at times why. That that's important, right? Like if if there's a if there is um, an operation to say assassinate someone, 
I probably shouldn't know about we it. We probably shouldn't know about it. We no. can we can know about it when it's done because this is not the court of. Because I'm gonna public. see Matt on the street and be like, "Dude, did you hear? <laughs> you know who they're gonna kill next?" <laughs> what? Uh, the, but there's there's the the court of public opinion does not make decisions like that. Yeah. Uh, the, the the government ide- idealistically the government is assassinating a certain someone or making a political maneuver for the betterment of the country. Yeah. But the reality is that m- more times than not, it's like it's like father the betterment of the party or the yeah. person or the, the – A father. The father, yeah. <laughs> it's not for the greater good of the country. It's the for the council. It, yeah. And it's and that that is certainly something that Equilibrium presents through Christian Bale, through through Preston mm-hmm. uh, in his opening his eyes to the world. Yeah. Uh, and, and his slow realization of the mistakes he's made, like – Oh, man, well let's let's talk about Christian Bale here. He does a wonderful job. I mean, this movie wouldn't be we wouldn't be talking about it right now if he wasn't in it. I don't think. Heck, yes, one hundred percent, yes. And he it, brings Christian Bale to the party, and this is pre Batman, yeah, uh, post American Psycho, yeah, and and it was American Psycho and Equilibrium that gave. Anyone who knew either of these, both these two movies, the the complete and utter faith that he would make an amazing Batman. Yeah. Because he, he proved his capabilities both physically and emotionally mm-hmm. to play that character that we had all hoped he'd be. And he, he certainly proved it. Pulled it off. But he is definitely just running circles around this movie in terms oh. of his acting ability. Although I will say Emily Watson is a very, very capable actress as well. Yeah. She, I- yeah. She's she's she's, not... she's she's serviceable in the, <laughs> the role. I think I I, I know she's good. Mm-hmm. I've seen her in other things where she's really good. I she didn't like bring, bring the wow. What she didn't bring Christian the Bale. thunder. Still, like, Christian Bale's still the top of the yeah. Interior. Oh yeah, he he kills that role. He, Sean Bean. It, Sean Bean. Sean Bean has my favorite part of the movie when he's sitting there reading from Yeats. I don't, Yeats is it a yeah. son, Yeats? Yeah. Is it a sonnet or a poem? It's just he's, a poem. Mm-hmm. He's reading that poem and you know, tread lightly. The gun. You're, you're, yeah. st- you're you're treading on my dreams. Yes, is such a good line. Never heard it before this movie. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, <laughs> and you know, Christian Bale shoots him in the face. Blah! And, but he regrets. But that it later. scene is so good. <laughs> I love it. I love the way it's shot. Use a little color correction. Yeah. <laughs> Some modern day color yeah. correction. I'm sure they. Call I love it Sean Bean. Like yeah. he brings gravity to everything. I feel like the the uh, other side of the coin though is Tay Diggs, who is <laughs> Tay Diggs. Oh, man, this whole idea of of emo- I, rewatching this though, I realized I've I've been selling Tay Diggs's performance a little short because I felt like he's so emotional. Like he's supposed to be. The yeah. emotionalist cleric, and he plays. Um, he has. He emotes too much. Mm-hmm. But then there's the reveal that he was playing Preston mm-hmm. in order to get where he is. So either a he's just a really good actor who was acting emotional, or b he was never on the drugs to begin with, much like father, and he was a tool of father. Or c he's just a bad actor. <laughs> you know, he's not a bad actor. Tay Diggs is perfectly serviceable. Like he's fine. He's fine. I'm gonna go see. <laughs> <laughs> but Christian, he's always been like my least favorite, like part, part of the that. film. He's just so like, hey, hey, look at me flipping around my sword. And he's a he's a bit hammy. hammy. Oh, and then Mike, uh, hammy. Michael Finchner, uh, he's the leader of the resistance. 
He's he's the, he's the guy that is in everything, and I never he's know his name. That guy. <laughs> yeah, he looks kind of. Like, he reminds me of Patrick Wilson. Yep, yep, I can see that. Like a, a little, a little older. Yeah. Uh, but he's the bank teller in. Yes. He, you guys don't know who you're messing with. Yeah. You made a huge mistake <laughs> in uh, the Dark Knight. I believe. <laughs> um, but Christian Bale is is just so good. He's great in this. He really commits to the to the performance of it, and and like every. The journey of him is so subtle mm-hmm. in, in a movie that is kind of lacking in subtlety in yes. general. But the the subtlety in the performance, Christian Bale, slowly growing, like moving away from his emotions, emotionlessness, yeah. embracing his emotions. There's some phenomenal just moments. Like every when moment. he wakes up and rips open the yeah, like, he scratches whatever's the, covering on yeah. his uh, window and when, uh, the starts guy, crying. The guy dies in his arms and he looks at the blood on his gun and his hands. Yeah. And it's, that's a great visual moment. It might be a little too on the nose, but he has blood on his hands. The scene that I, from watching this years ago, that, is, that stuck with me first and still is the first time he hears music. Yeah. When he's in that little That's a beautiful moment. And he hears. It's the first time he's ever hearing music, and, and it just breaks him, and he yeah. cries. And it's a great, it's a beautiful moment. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, Can you imagine not hearing music and then hearing yeah, it? There's, there's no way to imagine it. Yeah. Like, it's just incomprehensible. To, to But he, he pulls that off. And another great moment is when, he, when they uh, arrest Emily Watson, and he's like, look at you, and he like puts her in the mirror. But then he's he looking at himself, himself. Oh, and yeah. the fact that she looks like his, his dead wife doesn't mm-hmm. help matters. Uh, but aside from the acting uh, from that performance, the physical performance of this film, let's talk about the action sequences. I think they're great. I really like them. They look kind of funny, you know, the whole weird angle thing. Yeah, but, but they develop so the, cool. This is a legitimate fighting style that the stunt coordinator and the fight coordinator created together. That the the writer director they all worked on this karate based gun fu gun kata, and yeah. it's it is silly, but the action sequences do not lack for excitement in this. No, they're awesome. And they're really the, cool, yeah, and they are done practically. There's no wire work in this movie at all. Yeah, which is. Some of the moments, like the flips and the and whatnot, like when he jumps off the motorcycle, they did that on a trampoline. Really? Like, yeah. Like they <laughs> they they did not. It wasn't bail though, was it? Uh, no, it was not bail. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no wire. There's no wire foo in this. Everything yeah. was done hand to hand. And Christian Bale did the majority of his fight scenes. All the aside from like the flip off the motorcycle, mm-hmm. all the hand to hand stuff and the sword fighting and the gunplay. Yeah, he did it. It's awesome. That's amazing. When you think of something like John Wick now, and where Keanu's doing Keanu's just about doing everything, stuff, it it adds a legitimacy to the film and the performance, and it, and that's one of the reasons I think Equilibrium still holds, awesome. holds up <laughs> in, in those action sequences. I will say they are a little too edited. Mm-hmm. Like they're a little. It's that, it's that standard fight scene editing. Yeah, it's not nearly as bad as like the Taken movies or, or Born or. or well, the yeah, some of the Bourne movies are overly edited. Yeah, uh, but there are those moments where it's like ah, there's a little too much cutting here. But when you when you watch it play out and you see the movements like happen, you see Christian Bale kicking ass. It's there's and there's a lot of moments where it's just him standing there mm-hmm. and just the shots of him moving his hands all over the place and just you know they just one still shot of just him <laughs> left right under ninety it, it, degree angle, forty five degree angle. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it it's good. 
It's and he goes John Wick before John Wick. Exactly. <laughs> they were going to kill the puppy or take the puppy from him. He's like, he murdered all of those no. guys. <laughs> no, no. Do not touch this puppy. Uh, the, the movie... He's feeling! <laughs> oh, God, he's a sense offender! <laughs> this movie is a bit cheesy. Yes. It does have a... a um, I, don't, I don't know camp isn't the right word, but cheesy might just be the best Hammy. Word Ham, Hammy. I think yeah. Hammy was... Dead on. But the, I think he brings... Bale brings um, like a realness to it. Yeah, he, like, he definitely... He, he grounds the film. Mm-hmm. He, he takes that camp and ham and throws it away <laughs> by bringing this wonderful performance. By by in, embracing it. Mm-hmm. And, and he chews up every scene. Committing to it. He commits to it. That, that's what I was looking for. I, w- I wouldn't say he chews up the scenery because Tate Diggs is chewing up the scenery. <laughs> and the villain is um, twirling a mustache and whatnot. But uh, it's... I guess I meant he commands like every yes, scene. Yes, there it is. That's, that's, that's better. That's what I meant. So I'm just going to double check the Rotten Tomatoes score here because... I think it's saw 38 or something. Yeah, okay, good. That's what I saw. So it has a 38 on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, that's... That's low. Come on, that that feels real that feels low. low for I, us. Yes, this movie is weird, is silly ish. But is that one of those review like Rotten Tomatoes scores like before Rotten Tomatoes? You know. Yes, I, I was just discussing this with a friend, um, talking about the how low of a score um, Die Hard Three has. It has a lower score than Die Hard Four. The thing is, Die Hard Four came out. In the as Rotten Tomatoes was growing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Die Hard Three came out decades ago, yeah. so it an older movie is going to have less numbers to draw from, mm-hmm. from to accumulate the total. It's like Taxi Driver probably has like a seventy on there. Yeah, it shouldn't it, be like a hundred. Sh- surely some of those classics <laughs> should have higher score. I'm not saying Equilibrium yeah. is a classic by any means, uh-huh. but it does. It, okay, so to add some credibility to liking this movie for those out there who who put a little too much stock in Rotten Tomatoes. Mr. Ebert himself gave it a, gave it a three out of four stars, and while all the other critics were saying, "Pretty good to me," that's, yeah, this uh, seems how oh, I, I feel. I just, need, I just need Ebert there. But yeah. while all the other critics were uh, criticizing it for being a wannabe Matrix, even though it was made during the same time the Matrix yeah. was being made, uh, and criticizing it for just mashing together other better films like Fahrenheit 451 and Brave New World, 1984. There's no, de- they're they're not uh, denying the fact that it's inspired by those films, uh, but and some of the other action movies that they feel like it's ripping off. Ebert, in his review, says, "Yeah, like some of its contemporaries that are all action and no intellect, Equilibrium has a message and it's saying it, mm-hmm. and it's saying it well, and that's why Ebert gave it." A much more positive review than a lot of the other critics out there. Yeah, and I agree with them because there is this. If you were trying to get a kid in, in, into analyzing 1984 or Fahrenheit 451 or some of the similarities that this movie yeah. has, but you couldn't get them to sit down and watch the old movies or even read the book, you could show them this to start the conversation. Totally, because this this movie has all the beats that you need to talk about an authoritarian, mm-hmm. controlling government. Plenty of badass scenes to keep you entertained. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just just uh, distract them with the fight scenes. Ooh, yeah. the gun god is cool. Now, I'll be honest, when I was younger, that's all I cared about, was yes. the cool fight scenes. 
But as I've gone back to this movie more than once over the years, and even watching it again today, mm-hmm. it's it's better now, and a little too poignant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, what else? What else? Um, and at least it's better than the Matrix sequels. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, the, I was reading up trivia about it in that whole the. What did Kurt Wimmer do after this? And I'm happy you would ask because I actually had that written down. <laughs> Kurt Wimmer wrote The Thomas Crown Affair. I actually never saw it. Oh, that. it's so good. Uh, it's a great, great Batman movie. You should watch it. The it's re- like Bruce Wayne movie, right? Exactly. <laughs> the Recruit with Colin Farrell. I remember that being good. Uh, he wrote and directed Ultraviolet with Mila Djokovic. Nope. Didn't which like is that. unfortunately not good. Very poopy. Great. Good ideas, but. Poorly executed. And it has that creepy kid in it. You know, the creepy kid from X-Men 3. He plays the exact same character as he is from X-Men 3. He's also in Running Scared with Paul Walker. But he's 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 just got a creepy face. Kind of like Anakin. Yeah. Like little, little Anakin. Uh, anyway. Little um, monster in development. What else did uh, Kurt win in here? Okay. Um, Street Kings. That wasn't the worst, like, David Ayer... Joint. Yeah, it's not his best. No. <laughs> it's better than Suicide Squad. It's better than that Sabotage. That was David Ayer. Oh, God. With Arnold. Arnold. Uh, Law Abiding Citizen with Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx. Yeah. No. no. Salt with Angelina Jolie. Wow. Total Recall, the Call most Carol. recent one. Yep. And also the remake of Point Break. He does not have the greatest of careers in terms of content. He doesn't have the worst. Actually, he's got plenty of movies. Yeah, no, no, he's <laughs> he, he he at least kept kept making stuff. But right, yeah, and he started at a high. He's still working because he's wrote Salt too. That's in production right now. They're making a second Salt. I know. I'm I'm sure someone was asking for it. <laughs> I don't even think I saw it. It's, I think my mom liked it. It's just Angelina Jolie's born identity. <laughs> So, but but uh, Equilibrium is his best piece overall. I feel like he had a vision; he executed it well. Mm-hmm. There's some wonderful, like just talking about the gun and the blood on the hand and the guns. Yeah, the opening the window to see the sunlights. The he just hasn't had another Christian. Uh, Christian Bale. I almost said Christian Slater. <laughs> oh, He's probably God. had Christian Slater. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a nice little touch here that that is deliberate in. The violence of the movie gets harder and harder and like more brutal and bloodier as yeah. the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. The first fight scene, there's no blood. The yeah, because it's indoors, it's pitch black. It's well, it, not even that. It's there's deliberately no blood because the audience gets to become more affected by the violence of the action as Christian Bale does. So as he becomes clear-minded huh. in his actions and what he's yeah. doing, the audience gets to experience it more and more too. If you really like, it's like PG action. Yeah, until the very and, end, and then it slowly goes from PG thirteen to, to radar, or slicing faces off. I would pay it gladly. <laughs> but that's that's a neat. That's a really cool director choice too. Yeah, to design the violence. He would be super numb to the violence. Yeah. And, and stop feeling. <laughs> but as the emotions grow, <laughs> uh, TC, you're making me like this movie even more. Yeah, 
I, I never caught that before. Just like I never caught that what they were going to blow up were the the sense places, the, the equilibrium, the, the juices. <laughs> uh, the I uh, to to mention Tom uh, Tom, Tom Cruise. What the hell am I talking about? Christian Bale's <laughs> performance again is his. I I like the idea that what he unlocked was more than just his emotions. He was already a talented investigator that he had a sense where things were behind walls and like it's here yeah. and oh very clever it's behind this and mm-hmm. that uh superpower of sorts but his his uh his flaw in his character he's a genius but he he's blind to the people closest to him mm-hmm. he didn't know his wife was a sense offender he didn't know his, his kids, kids were sense offenders yeah. he didn't know his partner was a sense offender yeah. for as brilliant of of a mind he a brilliant-minded person he was in his duties, mm-hmm. at, but as a as a human being, he was ignoring the things right in front of him. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a great touch, and the once again the nuance of Christian Bale's performance really sells those moments when he questions it or realizes it, yeah. or realizes his failures in it to not know his wife was a sense offender. When That's it, also one of my favorite scenes for the action. Yeah. Just like, you're taking my wife, breaking arms and shit. <laughs> he, his emotions were, were. It some, seemed very emotional to me. Yeah. Pointing they that one they out. were getting the best of him before he came to the admission that he had even had emotions because it, it was those deep emotions that, that he was suppressing that affected him as a person to ignore these truths right in front of him. He, yeah. he was blinded to not just the system, but his own life. And, mm-hmm. and it's, that's very well handled and executed by him as a performer. But the script itself, I think yeah. that's really great. Um, and I love the callbacks to, like, the the Sean Bean. Like, I, you got to think he went through a similar thing as Preston did, that he yeah. just stopped taking it and became emotional and then screwed up. And he... His his situation of getting caught by Christian Bale is almost is mirrored later in the movie when he's almost caught, mm-hmm. and the poem that Sean Bean says is the poem that Father says at the end. Yep. And be careful, Preston, you're treading on my grass. <laughs> fight, 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 fight. <laughs> Will you pay the price, Preston? I feel. <laughs> pay it gladly. <laughs> oh, let's see. Um. But this this movie's cool. Uh, would you would you recommend this movie? Like, I've already kind of said that this was a nice this is a nice uh, introductory movie to someone who might not be willing to consider Brave New World stuff. But what, what about you? Like, is this when you think of John Wick and we got like Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher and Mission Impossible Five and these? I definitely watch this over Jack Reacher. Well, it's, I, I, <laughs> I I'm not saying what's better than the other, but if people are fans of more well-executed fight scenes, more more real fight scenes. Would you recommend something like like? I tend to recommend this to people that are a little more in the know, that are a little more into movies than yeah. you know, like my mom. <laughs> you know, Someone who would understand if, the social aspect. of Yeah, it? Okay. I, I tend to recommend this like pretty regularly. It's usually you got to be a little more into movies, and you'll probably dig it. Okay. Yeah. It's not one of those like, oh my god, have you seen this? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not as accessible as like a John Wick. No, no, no. Well, the the mythology of the first John Wick, I really appreciated that there were all these these elements 
that are part of their world yeah. that just are like the gold coins and the yeah. hotel and the society of assassins and which the, grows even in the second one. The, well, speaking specifically of the first gen, yeah, the uh, the cleanup crew. The, I loved all that stuff. Yeah, and that's it's it has a similarity to Mad Max Fury Road in that there's this information without answers, mm-hmm. but it's clear that the filmmakers know the answers. Yeah, and Equilibrium, there's in less complexity as John Wick and Fury Road mm-hmm. in that mythology, there still is a universe created and they stick to it really well in, the, yeah. in, in this movie. And I, I, I like that for the script, for the direction, uh, for the universe they created. I would never, I don't want a sequel to this. That is not what no. I'm saying. <laughs> we got the story as it was, it needed to be told. Equilibrium 2. Feelings are gone again. <laughs> um I think people should watch it. If you're listening to this, you should definitely watch it. <laughs> if if you did Christian Bale and you are have not seen this movie, you're doing yourself a disservice yeah. because this is early enough in his career that he hadn't he hadn't become the namesake he is now. Yeah. But he shows very here what he's capable and committed to. Hell, the the, the pistol whip scene, you know, where he yeah. where he takes out the two pistols and he kicks those guys' asses. Yeah. This this is the commitment of the filmmakers and Christian Bale himself. That entire sequence was filmed in 30 minutes. Really? Just for some reference, if you've ever seen X-Men 2, the Wolverine versus Lady Deathstrike fight scene took two weeks to film. I believe it. (laughs) Which is great. That's an amazing fight scene. That's one of the best fight scenes in the X-Men. But that fight scene of the pistol whipping... 30 minutes. 30 minutes! They just run the camera like three times and just got it, and they're like... Uh, I'm glad we all practiced this as much as we did. Congratulations! Great job, Christian. Let's 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 call it for lunch. <laughs> the, the, this movie, the action is great. the The story is timeless. I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, yeah, it looks dated visually, but there's nothing about this movie, content wise, that I think feels dated. Might be a little bit on the nose at times, mm-hmm. but I don't think you can ever go wrong with this kind of story. The Big Brother, the you know, s- suppressing your feelings. Yeah, we we've we watched V for Vendetta a few episodes back, and very very similar. I would I would put the, the put V for Vendetta and Equilibrium in it. Like it'll be a good double feature. Yeah. I'd, I'd start with Equilibrium and then go into V for Vendetta just mm-hmm. because the Christian Bale owns Equilibrium, yeah. and V for Vendetta has all around the board fantastic performances yes. for everyone. But they. One's blue, one's orangish red, <laughs> but they they come from the same place. And if you're if you're on a kick, especially with this current political climate and the way our nation is kind of reeling and dealing with certain things, uh, you know, do yourself some torture and uh, watch some dystopian future movies. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like Big Brother, this big booming voice just regurgitating. Mm-hmm. The the dogma of a belief system yeah. on a screen over and over and over again, yeah. and that's the that father that big brother took over the world. Like that is that is close to what we're dealing with yeah. right now. I suppose if you've listened this far, or if you've listened to previous episodes, you you know that this cast seems that leans more towards a uh, to the left than to the, yes. than anywhere near the right. But uh, there's. Fight the power! Fight him! <laughs> Punch him in the nose! Get him! Um, but also watch this movie. Yeah, so check it out. I'm trying to see if I have any other notes on here. 
Uh, oh, um, uh, no, that's not worth mentioning. There you go. I think we covered it pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, check out Equilibrium. It's unfortunately not streaming right now. It's only available on Nowhere. Netflix on disc. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come back to Netflix soon enough. Yeah. Or if you want to borrow it from me, just let me know. I'll, I'll send yeah. it to you. <laughs> You're going to get an email. <laughs> oh, hey, that's fine. Yeah, you can you can tweet at me, at TC's Big Head. He really does have a big head. <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, kid, you, could, you could tweet at Steve. Do you tweet or do you just Instagram? I don't tweet. I, I, just, I just look at tweets. Okay, all right. <laughs> People can't find you to ask you questions. <laughs> Put in the comments below if, this, if you're listening to this on Facebook if you want to. Uh, address anything concerning this film or if you have any thoughts on just these dystopian future movies in the first place. But, uh, yeah, with that being said, you want to move on to uh, just some current events? Talk yeah, about some other let's, things? let's do it. All right, cool. We're going to take a break here, folks. Thanks for listening. Um, if you want to hear about some uh, current movies, uh, movie trailers and news, then come back after this fun song. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Uh, but let's take a break, Steve. What? Break! Eat that cookie. Is our secret safe tonight? And are we out of sight? Or will our world come tumbling down? Will we find our hiding place? Is this our last embrace? Or will the world start caving in? It could be wrong, could be wrong, but it should have From that break, we're back. <laughs> All right, I have so water. You have, you have water. That's good. Um, I could I have, be Aquaman. Mm, you could be. You do look like Khal Drago. <sighs> so you you started to say, and I said save it for for the cast. But if Luke Skywalker doesn't do doop 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 something fucking awesome <laughs> in the Last Jedi, I'm gonna cry. Like what? What? What are you worried about? That they? I don't know. I, I, I'm worried he's just gonna kind of be a background character. He's gonna be a Carrie Fisher in. No uh, way! Force it, the entire movie was about finding him. Force Awakens' entire premise was about finding Luke okay, Skywalker. It's just I've been waiting for this moment since I was a little kid to, to see know? Luke come to back. To see yeah. Luke come back and be an utter badass. Like I've. Play games. I don't stuff think where you fuck you, shit up. You will not be disappointed. I just have I have to have faith in Ryan Johnson, uh, but just in the fact that Force Awakens was building up to him, that this movie is going to be about him. It's going to be his swan song. Well, yes, I. They will not kill him. Yeah. The, how it would be just terrible story structure. <laughs> terrible story structure to kill. They kill off everybody. And then followed up by killing Luke. And then we we can't do anything about Carrie. <laughs> yeah. Like how I do not envy whoever has the task. Ryan Johnson is writing and directing uh, Last Jedi, so episode eight. And he's, he's writing, writing nine. nine. I do not envy him to figure out how the heck he's gonna solve like c- complete that story yeah. without her. My only 
My only assumption that they could get away with doing is a hologram of her mm-hmm. to to go back to the original where we see her as a hologram when Luke sees her as a hologram for the first time yeah. to end it with her as a hologram because they could digitally create that no problem and it won't look horrible it won't look like Tarkin <laughs> or other Leia or other Leia yeah <laughs> that was scary yeah it's it's too bad uh, Millie Bobby Brown is not older because she really does look like Carrie Fisher yeah. from uh, Stranger Stranger Things yeah, yeah. Um, but but that that begs the point. Uh, how, aside from your concern that Luke won't be badass enough, are you excited for Last Jedi? I'm super stoked. <laughs> I didn't love Rogue One. Mm-hmm. We, we haven't actually we haven't talked about, about Rogue One. Let's 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 chat. I thought it was all right. Yeah, it, it was like it goes like uh, you, you don't have to put them in an okay. order if you don't want to. But it's like right before any of the prequels. Like, Wait, you're saying it's less than the prequels? I mean, it's you're saying only Rogue... better than the prequels. Okay, all right. <laughs> I still like the entire original trilogy the best. Okay. And then I'd go like Force Awakens, Rogue One. And then the... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Rogue that... One, I I was bored. Kind of bored. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't invested in any of the characters. There was like... No character development, really. I mean, they were all just going to go die anyway, so <laughs> spoiler alert. Well, I, I'm i kind of in two, two schools of thought here. First of all, gone, having gone back and rewatched it a couple times, I, I saw it in theaters three times just to really just soak it in. He there, it in. There are some really great moments in the film. I think Donnie Yen was really awesome. Yeah, uh, K2SO. Whole, yeah. Uh, there, there are some great singular moments. The... <clears throat> The scale of the attack on the beach looked amazing. I loved... That was the first time I felt the war of Star Wars. And that was, that was I don't great. know. That, I actually got taken out of a lot of those moments. Because really? I felt like a lot of the props looked really shitty. And <laughs> they ha- they shittier had- than stuff from, like, New Hope and all of that. Okay. It felt like, you know, fan-made props. And mm-hmm. I... There was a bunch of times where you see like an AR platform, like like an M sixteen base wapped around with like somebody took bubble gum and cardboard <laughs> to make it look. That's paintball gear. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, I in it general wasn't though, enough Donnie Yen either. Yeah, that's true. But there, I, that's where I come in my second school, my second line of thinking here. The Han Solo movie takes place before Rogue One, so there's. Always the opportunity to cross paths with any of the characters from Rogue One. I'm not necessarily saying I want that. I'm not necessarily saying they could do that. Yeah. However, what Rogue what's Rogue One suffered from was a connecting it way too closely to four, even the ending right or before four starts, but not taking the time to develop some of those characters a little more fully. Granted, they may be going from the Marvel Cinematic Universe school of thought, which is um, retroactively f- making things better. Yeah. And if Ando, Cassian, and K2SO show up in Han Solo for some subplot, if mm-hmm. uh, if Jin crosses paths with, paths with Han and gives her another moment, if the building of these characters can happen after the fact, that might make Rogue One a little more enjoyable if we just have more information about the characters. Yeah. That does not necessarily still... That doesn't make Rogue One any better now. It's just there's the opportunity to make it better in the future. See yeah. what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I just... 
I don't know. For a movie that I'm supposed to care when they die at the end, mm. I didn't give a shit. Uh, what about when K2? Like, that was... the that, Was that the, the robot? The robot, yeah. Yeah, the robot was the only one I cared about yeah. in that movie. <laughs> he was the only one that felt more than just one person. Mm-hmm. Felt like more human than the humans did for the yeah. most part. I, I, I felt bad when Donnie Yen and his homie went down, mm-hmm. but... You know, the main characters, Jin and I can't remember. A- Ando Cassian. Ando Calrissian. <laughs> <laughs> Lando Calrissian. <gasps> what? My God. <laughs> I, there was no connection for me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was. The, they didn't build these characters out. Mm-hmm. I think I only cared about Donnie Yen because I love Donnie Yen, like, outside That's, of this film. I, that I'll, give you, I'll give you that. <laughs> you know? And I don't, I, that was my disappointment with it. I didn't think it was a bad movie. It I was just, fine. It was all right. It, it was fine. It was I, all right. It just... It was like King Kong. It was all right. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, go watch it. But, Have fun. <laughs> I didn't go watch it again. I've seen it once, and that's all I cared. I didn't... Not I, running out to buy the Blu-ray. Like, yeah. I had Force Awakens. I went and ordered it right after I saw it. <laughs> okay. That was amazing. <laughs> More, please. Yes. So, the Star Wars announced today, as we were recording this, that they have the next 15 years, years of Star Wars... On a, they, that's the plan at the at the minimum is fifteen more years of Star Wars, which we knew this. Yeah. Ka- Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy said it a year or two ago. None of us will live long enough to see the last Star Wars. That's they're just going to make them. Can't stop the signal, Mal. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Wrong Star Wars. But <laughs> better. I mean, uh, so someone asked me if if I thought they'd make they'd continue to make trilogies or anthologies. Like anthology in, in yeah. films, and I think they'll do both. I think we will continue to get, we will get another trilogy, and it'll be dependent upon how successful Jin and Finn and uh, not Jin, sorry, Ray, uh, Finn, Poe, Kylo. Like these, these are the new characters. If these new characters can rise in popularity, the next trilogy will be f- continuing their adventures. You know, and I think. Part of my disappointment for Rogue One, sorry to go back, but Mm-mm. part of my disappointment with Rogue One is Episode Eight. I fell in love with Ray. I loved Finn. Mm-hmm. You know, Poe, like I don't think he had enough screen time for me to really, but he still had more personality than any of those main characters for me. Yeah, that they, they are all far more charming and interesting and, yeah. and fun characters. But you're right, you're right, and and I that's why I think they will continue with another trilogy that won't be about Luke. It won't be about I, I, by the end of nine, that journey will have come to an end. Yeah, Leia's and Luke's, and that that chapter will close. And I think that's why it's really important to me that I see Luke, my man, like <laughs> be a star. The <laughs> to, to, well, well, I'll keep happily keep speculating about Last Jedi with you because I do feel Luke is going to play mentor to Rey. Obviously, yes. I, I mean, there's a picture of him piggyback riding on her, just like Yoda did to Luke. Yeah. That's fine. The Last Jedi surely applies to them as a yes. pair or more. But yeah, he he needs to go. He needs to have his like final confrontation yeah. with someone. Logic, I think logic now says it'll be Snoke, like Luke versus Snoke, while Ray versus Kylo. Because I almost feel like Luke actually needs to be the one to handle Kylo. That's like his like. Jedi, like his it's, his Anakin, it's his basically. nephew. It's his nephew. Yeah, but he he, he trained him, right? That yeah, was the yeah. idea. He trained him, and he went psycho, like he failed, like good old dad. <laughs> and uh, so you, 
I don't. I don't know how. We don't know it. enough about Snoke even to really know. Is he like Sith? I mean, he's probably Sith, yeah, right? Yeah. But I don't know. I think Ray is going to be more of that force against this new empire. That so was. the 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 bridge fights on in Return of the Jedi situation where yeah. it's Ray versus the Emperor or whatever Snoke. I think be. that makes more sense to me. I think. With Luke, it's more personal mm-hmm. with Kylo. He, so can, he's the one that went bad. He's the one that killed like his best bud. Can or, you I redeem think. him? Is Kylo redeemable? Nah, I'd take him out. It's old Yeller. He's got to oh, go. Oh, man. You're a cold-blooded. <laughs> yeah, Just look he at killed the, Han! Look at the flowers. Look at the flowers. <laughs> Tell me about the rabbits. <laughs> he killed Han. He needs to die. Like, oh, Luke needs to keep him alive so him and Chewie can take him into one of those weird, like, dentist torture chambers oh, that they God. had from episode five. You are out five. for blood. Five? Empire? Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> that weird thing that... No! No! <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, well, how about the Han Solo movie? So they are currently in production for that. We have um, love the cast. Yeah, go- I love uh, Donald Glover as Lando. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I love the idea. Anytime Woody Harrelson is in something, <laughs> I'm usually pretty excited. I like him a lot. Amelia Clark continuing the trend of brunettes, semi or British girl because every Star Wars has mm-hmm. a brunette's. British I mean, lady. I know Natalie Portman's not British, but she she did. Close enough. I call for a vote of no confidence. That sounds like she was trying British to me. Um, Apparently, in a galaxy far, far away, everybody's British. <laughs> British. But I trust Lord and Miller. Like they have a a perfect record of spinning gold out of out of straw. Yeah. Uh, we've said on the cast before. It's worth saying again. A Lego Movie shouldn't have been good. It was. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs should not have been good. It was. Twenty One Jump Street. Should not have been good. It was. And it was. So they are a great team to to what but what do you what do you where? They're, they're gonna give that like snark and the Yeah because the, the, Han Solo needs to be a little funny. He's gotta be a a a, a, a pirate. He's gotta yeah. be a, a rogue. He's, He's gotta have to the be, swagger, yeah. um I don't. I don't remember who they casted as Han Solo. It's embarrassingly, a, he's, he's got a weird name. Uh, I don't know what he's from though. Uh, he was recently in uh, Hail Caesar, which means nothing to you. Yes. <laughs> uh, but started that. <laughs> uh, but the the cast looks great, and I'm I'm excited to see where it's placed mm-hmm. exactly. I don't want it to be immediately. Con- I don't want it to end with him going to Masai's cantina. I don't want that to happen at all. But I, I now, this should never get anywhere near the Han Solo age of Harrison. Moss Eisley. Right, right. The, Han Solo. Get, should, said it uh, a decade before. Yeah, I, I mean, would love to see him get the Millennium Falcon off of Lando. Oh, oh yes, because it was Lando's ship first. Right? We, I would love to see that. All, all that stuff. I want to see how he became a pirate. I want to mm-hmm. see some of his. Funny pirate antics. Do you want see some to of the crap see, him and Lando get into? Would you like to see uh, Boba Fett? Yeah, I think that would be kind of cool. I feel like Boba Fett. That might be too early in his life for Boba Fett, though. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't. How old is Han in in, uh, in New, New Hope? Hope? He's in his thirties. So. He, and this actor's got to be early twenties. Yeah, it's a, I. I uh, Alden Einhart. Alden is his name. Alden. Alden. Um, I'm googling. I'm doing some googs right here on him right now. 
Uh, he's 25. Okay. So he's it, this. I, I it has to be a decade before New Hope. I just feel like that's a, a good place to put it. But yeah. we we are once again divulge, It's a prequel, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a and oh geez, it's a a prequel to New Hope, which is a sequel to Rogue One, which was a prequel, but a sequel that will be a sequel to Han Solo. And Han Solo is a sequel to Episode Three, which were prequels to the original trilogy. <laughs> I don't know what you said, little kid, but you're special. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, I another 15 years. I, I will keep saying it. Give me Han, Give me an Obi Wan Kenobi movie, please. I, with Ian McGregor. With Ian McGregor. He's at the right age for it now. Yeah. He's getting there. I've I, have I sold you my my Obi Wan movie? No. Oh, it's. Uh, I would love to hear your here, pitch. Elevator pitch. Here's Let's my go. Pitch. Ewan McGregor, Joel Edgerton, okay, perfect. Uncle uh, Owen, Uncle Owen, little 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 toddler, little baby Luke gets sick. Perfect. With some sort of, they're gonna add some sort of force disease, midichlorian yeah. disease. He's got midichlorian pox, <laughs> and so without without uh, and and Uncle Owen, see, so Uncle Owen seeks out Obi Wan, says we uh, Luke's sick. What do we do? And they have to leave planet, and so this Jedi in hiding on a road trip. With a baby Luke Skywalker and an Uncle Owen, and said it in a very Clint Eastwood cowboy style, where Obi Wan is just leave me alone, just keep your head down. Directed by don't get mixed up. Oh (laughs) shit! Don't get mixed up with anything. And then and then there's that there will be that moment where he has no choice but to pull out that lightsaber and kick some ass, and then piss off the wrong people and mix it up and adventures galore. Save Luke. Get the get the cure. That's the MacGuffin. Is just get the cure for his disease. Get back to Tatooine. Get back to home home base. Uh, back to the the farm. And in the end, having Uncle Owen saying, um, "Thank you for helping me take care of my my child, but I never want to see you again. And you stay the hell away from me. And you stay away the hell, hell away from him. Now get out of here. And and sending Obi Wan away. And Obi Wan willingly. Like I know I, I, I go write that. it. Go write it. I'd watch that. <laughs> right? Uh, because that sounds it, so good. It, 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 uh, certainly, there'd be. More Can we add it. Morgan Freeman in there somewhere? Oh, man, I, I, I am currently <laughs> watching the Clone Wars cartoon series. I don't know if you've watched it at all. Yeah, those are so good. I don't know. I'm only in season two, so I don't know the fate. Not of the three D animated one, right? The, oh, no, the I'm watching Tsunami. The the original Jenny Tartakovsky stuff is absolutely incredible. But I'm currently watching the. 3D, 3D canon. Okay. Ca- so I haven't, I haven't seen this. Okay. So I don't know the, the fate of some characters, but there is a perfect villain in the Clone Wars series that would be amazing on screen, and his name is Cad Bane, and he is a bounty hunter who dresses like Clint Eastwood. Love it! The duster, the hat. He like To see him up on the big screen, he has a history of Obi-Wan. Yeah. Like, a, kill him of course in the obi-wan movie and those listening who have watched the whole clone Wars series if cad baden dies i'm not aware at this time i apologize but ewan mcgregor and joel edgerton that, that would be sounds amazing, amazing. That, those two are on a road trip fantastic that lone wolf and cub cowboy style movie yeah just just look at logan as an example of the 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 direction you could get towards. I don't want to see a dark R rated mm-hmm. Star Wars movie starring Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, because there still needs to be a fantasy adventure element. To yeah, it. but that Western elements 
that samurai element to it. I would that would be that sounds so, so cool. Great. <laughs> and if you want to go one step further, I I may even be willing to allow a Liam Neeson Force Ghost cameo. I'm down because it's established at the end of three that Qui Gon is going to be is able to be contacted to teach Obi Wan how to become a Force Ghost. Right? Yeah. So make it so. Do it. Do it. <laughs> What, uh, what other what other anthology movies would you want to see? What what other eras in the Star Wars? Because right now, canon, the history of Star Wars starts with Episode One. I'd love to see before that. You you'd go further back. I'd go further back. I'd go way into the future, off to the left, off to the right. <laughs> as there... long as they're good, I want to see more of this universe. I want right. to see more. I just want more good sci-fi action films. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you are there any characters in particular that you would want to want to explore? The, the the universe is ripe with characters. I'm just wondering if there's any that come to mind that you would want to see some sort of adventure of. I need an Akbar backstory. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how he knew it was a trap. How did he know it was a trap? <laughs> I'd like to see Lando, especially since they've got uh, Donald Glover. I know we're kind of we're going to get it at the same time as Han, mm-hmm. but I, I would watch a whole movie with Donald Glover as Lando. Lando Calrissian, um, which is probably what we're going to get. I feel like the, the Han Solo movie will be a, a buddy movie. Yeah. And a lot of jibes back and forth because they are rivals as, as well as best friends. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's hard for me to think of specific characters that I'd want to see. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe uh, Counselor Organa might be have some interesting Bale. stuff. Bale. Uh, uh, Jimmy Smith's. Leia's dad. Leia's dad. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's sorry. Um, th- I can't think of many characters from the the prequels because I didn't care about any yeah. of them, and I well, haven't rewatched them. But I'm sure there's some awesome Jedi. I'd love to see more of like Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was yeah, supposed yeah. to be super cool. You're super badass. The, the only thing that sucks with doing prequel movies is that you know the fates of the characters. Yes. So it's really... I think that was a problem got, with Rogue One, right? You've got to tell a <laughs> hell of a compelling story yeah. when you know how it's going to end, right? I want I want new characters. I want new characters to care about. I want I want Rogue One to like work. Mm-hmm. I want that Dirty Dozen kind of thing going yeah. on. Where I don't know their fate, and where you make me give a shit about these guys. I I recommend the Clone Wars animated series because I've watched some of the Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, that which takes place between the the two, mm-hmm, four, three and four, three and four. Yeah, and there were some moments in there. I was like, oh, this is really good. Yeah, I was surprised. There's definitely Disney moments. Yeah, like Disney kid moments. I was surprised watching Clone Wars just how brutal it is mm-hmm. people are getting skeered through the chest with lightsabers on camera people are getting blown away <laughs> by laser fire on yeah. camera and because you know the fates of the main characters <laughs> they build up these supporting characters and give them stories and journeys that you can invest in because you don't know how they're going to turn out they give personalities to many of the clones and yeah. you can you can watch a whole there's a whole episodes about just the clones, mm-hmm. and you care about these characters. I, I recently just watched an episode that young Boba Fett is in it. The the surviving Boba Fett yeah. out to kill Mace Windu for killing his father. And it was really good. Even though I know the fate of both these characters, mm-hmm. that idea well, of... Well, do you? Oh, do you really know what happens to Boba? Did he get out of that Sarlacc pit or didn't um. he? <laughs> 
But yeah, the Clone Wars series is is quite good, and the Rebels series, which I have not started yet, is the only thing on Rotten Tomatoes right now that has a hundred percent for Star Wars. Really, that's of all the Star I need Wars to keep property. Watching. Yeah, I really liked some of it. I think Freddie Prince Jr. does some uh, the, voice acting. He's one of the main characters, yeah. and uh, he's a great voice actor. Mm-hmm. He was best part of Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> but nerd with your games, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Let's move away from Star Wars for a second. Here. Let's do it. Let's let's talk about another space uh, sci-fi action. Um, are you looking forward to Power Rangers? <laughs> Power Rangers comes out we next week. We haven't talked about this at all. As we are recording, the new Power Rangers movie comes out next Friday. No, no, this, this Friday yeah. tonight. So, uh, so it, it, okay. So as we're recording, seven o'clock. <laughs> what are your feelings and emotions going into Power Rangers? Uh, two weeks ago, if you would have asked me if I cared about the new Power Rangers, I would have told you, nope. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, like, making plans to go watch it with one of what my buddies. What changed? What changed? So, I don't know if you're familiar with Twitch.tv. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, streaming um, service for watching people play video games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, they have a Twitch Presents channel. That is their channel. And they've been playing every single episode of Power... Mighty, from Mighty Morphin to... Whatever the most recent one is, right? they've been making the run through all of them. And it's been something, because I rock the double monitor, I'd be doing homework, and, <laughs> and the other monitor I have this open. Watching and, Power Rangers. Yeah, me and my buddy playing games and just commenting. It's you know just it's like Mystery of Science uh, Theater. Theater 3000, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is, just had its first trailer come out. But uh, so now we're like, oh, let's go watch it, like... Because I haven't seen anything past Mighty Morphin as a kid. This is my right. first time watching anything. So you're seeing since, the space and time. Yeah, and all the crossovers. Mm. Tommy comes back like five different times. Yep. he. It's terrible. Most of this show is garbage, <laughs> trash city, but it's fun to watch, you know. It's it's fun to watch. It's like yeah. watching Birdemic with your buddies, <laughs> you know, it, it just cracking jokes the entire time. That's what we've been doing, mm-hmm. and now we kind of like have this excitement to go watch that Let's and then go, talk yeah. trash afterwards because we know it's not going to be good. Yeah, I I I think it'll do fine. And money wise, yeah, yeah, I don't. They're going to get a bunch of dudes like me mm-hmm. <laughs> who are go just going out it. to see it. To, the it, nostalgia. People have a weird love for Power Rangers. I loved Power Rangers, that first run of the series with mm-hmm. Jason, Kimberly, Tommy, and Yeah, as uh, a kid, Billy. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was part of that, like, crazy, like, I need the toys! Oh, I, never, the toys. I never owned the toys, but I, I was at the point as a little kid making up a Orange Ranger for myself to play. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> little TC, the Orange Ranger! That was the Orange Ranger! <laughs> so, uh, I was just wondering if you... So, you, you are... Yeah, well, so I like I said, I haven't seen this stuff, but like Guyver, he mm-hmm. loves Power Rangers. He's got he loved the Green Ranger. He's gone and met uh, Jason. What's his last name? Whatever. It Tommy. Is. Tommy. <laughs> He's gone and met Tommy a bunch of times. He has a cameo in the new one, doesn't he? Yeah, and he has a cameo, and I think Kimberly, Amy Jo Johnson. I think she does too. Mm. <laughs> and I don't think Billy Cranston shows up. Or the, the the actor who played Billy. Yeah. 
David Yost. Yes. I don't know why I know his name, but I don't know. And apparently, like, Brian Cranston upset him or something. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't. That sucks. Because Brian Cranston said something about him not being a very good Cranston. Or, I don't uh. know. <laughs> I don't know. It was something they, random. They named the character Billy Cranston after Brian Cranston. What's the story behind that? Brian why? Cranston started his career doing voices on Power Rangers. Before he was even on Seinfeld. Really? He was he was the voices of villains on Power Rangers huh. and actually had a friendship with Saban himself. Yeah. And so when when developing the Power Ranger series and having been friends with Brian Cranston, they named Billy <laughs> Cranston as an as an honor to him. And so he Cranston Brian Cranston started his career doing Power Rangers. So he that's why he was so willing to be Zordon. Yeah. That's, Which is cool. Yeah, that's that, I, he, that is tr- that's cherishing your roots. That's staying true to who you yeah. were. And from what I've read from the reviews, like he, Brian Cranston does great, but uh, Rita Repulsa, um, Elizabeth, yeah, Elizabeth Banks, Banks apparently yeah. does a fantastic job being Rita. So Ben, for uh, for those of you who follow the cast regularly, Ben, my co-host and the leader of the band with no name, has been. Was doing the, did the press junket for Power Rangers? That's got, right. Yeah, I saw that. Go to panels and uh, talk talk with the with like Elizabeth Banks and mm-hmm. and people from the film. So part uh, of that press junket. Yeah. So if, for those listening that might be interested, you can, you can head over to YouTube or on Facebook. You can find Ben at the Band with No Name and check out some of those videos because they're they're really great. I I wish Ben was here because I I don't we we have not had a good conversation about. Elizabeth Banks being cast as Rita, who is an Asian, originally an Asian actress, mm-hmm. and being that, that whitewashing of her. Yeah. And I, I certainly Ben has strong feelings about that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, but to kind of stay on that, that's a line of thoughts. A Death Note preview for Netflix original films. Yep. So. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your experience with Death Note? I've seen, like, the first episode. Oh, the cartoon series? Yeah, the okay. anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've seen the first episode or two. It's one of those ones I've always been like, I need to re-watch, like, watch this all mm-hmm. the way through. I was here, it's so good, and this and that. I've read the entire manga. Oh. Which is, or manga, sorry. This read... would make you an expert on this. Well, subject. I wouldn't necessarily say <laughs> that, but I have read the entire series. Uh, my, one of my old roommates had the box set just collecting dust on his shelf, so one day I just grabbed it and... And made my way through the whole series, and yeah. it's, it is good. It's very good. It, it, it is long though, and long winded, and drags the point on over and over again. But isn't that just every manga? Yeah, uh, I've seen. Gotta the, keep selling issues. The live action film, the the actual uh, um, Asian production was it live Japanese? action film, Japanese production of, and the the ending. I didn't of, know they they made a live yeah, action. I believe there's three of them. Oh really? But the the first one ends the first arc of the main character better than the books did, better than the comics did. They found a they had to con- condense, condense it down <laughs> and made it better. Usually uh, helps with these kinds of things. And the and the movies are good. the 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 Asian the Asian produced movies are good. And I didn't even was anyone asking for an American remake of this? The the only thing that that gave me like that piqued my interest is that Willem Dafoe is playing the the monster Ryuk, I believe, or Ruck, 
whatever the monster the monster the the dude that helps him kill people right <laughs> yes the demon the demon yeah i like william defoe uh, so i thought there was no live action mm-hmm. so i thought that's why it was a little more important or or a little more exciting for people right because I, I saw a lot of people with positive uh, oh sure when when i saw that Net- netflix original movie prevents death note i was like oh sweet and i clicked on the trailer to watch yeah. it, and i was like Ooh. yeah we got another ghost in the shell yeah So, talk about Ghost in the Shell for a second. I think Ghost in the Shell is is going to do poorly, not because it was whitewashed, no, but just because it won't be that good of a movie. It'll have nothing to do with the casting. It'll just have everything to do with the thinking they could make a movie on name recognition alone. Yeah, because anytime a studio does that, with the constant slew of remakes and reboots mm-hmm. we get, anytime it's the name recognition's enough. The movie's no good. Yeah, so I have no experience with Ghost in the Shell. I've never watched the anime or mm-hmm. if there's a manga. I haven't read it. I would um, love to do a rewatchment of Ghost in the Shell because I have not seen it since high school and yeah. I did not like it when I saw it. It's, I, it's my Akira. It's another Akira <laughs> for me. You know? I, I, I understand that people love it. I understand that it's a groundbreaking film in its own way, but I've only haven't, haven't seen it back then. I didn't get it. I didn't like it. I didn't. I just didn't. I so, will say, though, from the trailers, I like the look of the film. It's got a good aesthetic. I like the way they made this Neo Tokyo. Mm-hmm. I like the dude with the weird metal eye thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a sucker for cyberpunk kind of stuff. So if you can make that look nice with, you know, it's obvious they had a budget behind them. You know, so that's, that's kind of cool. I, I'm still, I'm totally with Ben, like, why the fuck did they like, <laughs> just get Scarlett Johansson? Cast an Asian, for yeah. crying out loud. I Please. don't understand. Um, you know, it's the same thing with Iron Fist. Like, you know, even though Iron Fist technically is a, a white dude the whole time, mm-hmm. like, I can understand why. There was an opportunity. There was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why didn't they just take advantage of it? I, I don't know. This is me putting down my pen. <laughs> and I, for for... A time I blamed Marvel for making that decision, but then now seeing this Netflix original movie for Death Note, now I'm like, maybe Netflix has the problem <laughs> in terms of casting. Yeah, I don't know. I I am excited about Death Note just because I, I like Adam Wingard. Mm-hmm. Wingard? He did The Guest. Did you see that? No, I didn't see it. That was a pretty cool like kind of horror movie. Mm-hmm. And then he did the new Blair Witch, and okay. I actually enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, did you see that at all? I did not, no. I, I, horror is not the first thing I go for. No, so I love watching horror movies. <laughs> but if, he, if you're saying he's a competent director, yeah, I think I think he could probably do some stuff with. It. I mean, okay. I don't know. I hope everything's good, but TBD. Yeah, I don't know why the hell they're once again whitewashing something. Yeah, uh, you, know. I, you know what? I I recently am in. I'm, I'm with going, without going into too much details. I am yeah. currently in production for a project. And casting is being discussed right now. And there's there's a role uh, in the film that I realize there's this this black actor that would be perfect for this role. As soon as it dawned on me, I was like, oh, my God, this would, he would want the part. He'd bring so much to the part that we should. And one of the producers said, we can't because the character dies. And we we can't we can't. 
do that. We can't cast a, a black actor in a role that dies. I don't want to be. I don't want to fall into that cliche, which was the concern of the producer. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was. And I, I talked to Ben about this. That's that's a misguided way of looking at it because, a the actor should be able to get, offer it to him, and if he says, "Hey, come on, you killed me." I'm a black guy. Then yes, then it's an issue there. But I, yeah. I feel like it's a, a strong role that he would he would want to really bring something to He'd thrive in. And there's a perfect solution: cast more than one black person. <laughs> so I, it this might be a conversation more for Ben, who definitely delves into the more the activist life of, yes. of people of color and speaking out for that. Yeah. But you know, what do you what are your thoughts on that? If if you have any. I don't know. I, I think you shouldn't limit something because you're afraid of, you know, it yeah. sounds like he's just afraid of being politically correct. But if, if that actor would be perfect for the role, he should be offered it so he can see it. And if he thinks, like, I don't give a shit if I die, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> yeah, that's and, that's what, where I feel, I, I agree. That's where I, that's what I'm saying. And I, I think you should probably put more, you should definitely put more people of color because, mm-hmm. I mean, at least... Around here in Southern California, that that's my daily life. Like <laughs> I'm with all sorts of different people of different colors. Mm-hmm. You know, I, all I, the shades. <laughs> I can th- I can thank Ben for for giving me more of a motivation to to kind of strive for diversity in, in just in the casting process and yeah. all the filmmaking process. Not that I was ignorant to it before, but a lot of developing as a, as an amateur filmmaker and mm-hmm. moving into the professional world that I have been. My first goal was just to get there yeah. and write what I know, write with the people that will work with me. Mm-hmm. And then the the next thing that came came important to me was representing representation of women and the females in mm-hmm. both behind the camera and in front of the camera. And then and, and with Ben opening my eyes to a much broader vision of diversity that yeah. moved me now towards wanting to strive to create diversity in the casting process yeah. and the filmmaking process. I mean, so uh, we've had a couple conversations with Ben on here, but you know, Ben really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff I just never saw or noticed, or you know, maybe it doesn't happen as much around me, mm-hmm. you know. But like that is an issue for me now. That's why, like, yeah. I'm with all these other people saying, like, why the fuck didn't you get an Asian American? You're right. You know, <laughs> like I, I understand that that's not the normal like what Iron Fist is, right? But why didn't you? You had a great opportunity here. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like Marvel's doing a great job with Black Panther. I mean, yeah, that cast yeah. is amazing. Hell, uh, Fox just did it with Deadpool. They didn't. They cast Domino as a woman of color. Yeah, which that that's awesome. I, there was the fan art of Carrie Washington as Domino. I was like, Good, Carrie Washington as Domino. <laughs> uh, but that that's why not? Why not? Why not? You you only help yourself by casting. To another audience. And I've always, especially like with superhero movies, right? Like superheroes are a product of America for mm-hmm. the most part, right? Like we basically in, invented this shit. Mm-hmm. America is a people, like, a group, it's, is a a culture of, of mishmash of all it's, these other cultures. It's a melting dis- pot. It's a melting pot of people. And we should represent those people in these heroes mm-hmm. because that's the reality of our day-to-day lives, you know. Yeah, and it and it just from a biz, it makes business sense. Yes, we Ben and I constantly raise the flag and and tout the wonderfulness of the Fast and the Furious franchise. But the Fast and the Furious franchise 
is speaking to an audience that doesn't necessarily get represented enough. There's a lot of uh, Hispanic and uh, black actors and Asian actors and producer uh, filmmakers involved in yeah. the, fa- the Fast and the Furious franchise is a very diverse mm-hmm. group of people, and that's that makes it far more unique than even the Avengers. They make tons of money. It's the seventh highest grossing franchise of all time right now on its way to becoming sixth. Not my favorite franchise. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Love the representation. There you go. <laughs> of course, but... Uh, <laughs> um, it's like uh, with Spider-Man, we could have totally done Miles Miles Morales, yep, right? Yep. There's And, know, and um, maybe they still can. Yeah. Maybe they still can. Why not? We can have the whole fucking Spider-Family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still our, want John Diggle to be Green Lantern. Right! Come on! <laughs> C- CW, do it! Come By on, the way, I, I've been watching the new season of Arrow. And I am not on the current season. I always wait till it makes it to Netflix. So, three and four. Terrible. Mm-hmm. They were not great. Season three and four? I did not like them. Okay. They really, especially four, really yeah. fell off. Season whatever we're on, five, five now? Yeah. Fucking great. All back right. to basics, back to the roots. Like, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the consensus on the internet, too. That's good to hear because yeah. I, I Stephen Amell is the DC TV Robert Downey Jr. He's, yep. he's the granddaddy. He's the one who... Who embraced and started the the franchise and the world on TV, and he is like every step of the way ready to put on that costume, go to a children's hospital, yeah. negotiate for the other actors' contracts. Like he is RDJ, yeah, for TV. <laughs> He's great. I, th- there's definitely some C dub che- cheesiness. Of in those, course, but, of course. But yeah, the to, new season's great. <laughs> to appreciate him as someone who it is not lost on him how yeah. important his role is, and I love how much he embraces that. So. There was a moment, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a character with a hockey mask, mm-hmm. and somebody tells him it's stupid, and <laughs> Stephen Amell's like, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> and it looks just like the hockey mask. that for Casey Jones. For Casey Jones, <laughs> yeah. I was That's like, a, good, eh, a good... See what you did there! Good tip of the hat there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. They, well, be- before we wrap up here, and we can keep talking all night if you want, what's, have you seen anything recently, or is there anything, aside from Power Rangers, did you see Logan? So I still haven't seen Logan. Okay, that's right. on spring break, break right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go watch Logan. All but right. I, I did my most important movie so far this year was John Wick. John 2. Wick two. Okay, I, I love the first John Wick. Mm-hmm. And John Wick two was great. You said you liked it as much. I like John Wick one more. I liked it. I think as much. Mm-hmm. It really maybe because I went in there with everybody telling me like. It's not as good as the first one, and I had a group of friends that watched it like the night it came out and mm-hmm. fell asleep in it. What? And stuff. Yeah, I so would I went fall asleep in, in it. I went in. The, they were like, "Yeah, it's kind of boring." Oh, like, jeez, I don't know what the fuck they were watching. Yeah, like, but that movie was great. <laughs> I I loved it. I love that they expanded the like mythos or the mythology. Yeah, they and there's you know another I, one coming. I'm glad to have this platform right now to say <laughs> I was blown away by common i thought he did such a good job i will I, absolutely I, agree with I you thought he yeah. kept up with keanu like he that, seemed like an actual threat to john wick i really like common i want to see him i would watch a spinoff of common as a hitman i was super impressed by him their, I, their fight scenes were my favorite fight scenes in the so movie. good and there was definitely some moments in there that kind of looked like equilibrium mm-hmm. where they're like shooting and like 
Super cool. Uh, there was that one dumb moment that uh, the silencers and yeah, crowds like of people. Broad daylight, yeah. We don't hear anything, but that's not it's, how silencers work. They are movie silencers. I know. And they're, like, they're movie heroes. Nobody lives through all this shit. I would like to see. <laughs> I, I would bet Common comes back in the next one because he didn't oh, yeah, die. He, he didn't, didn't die. die. Yeah. I guess. I'm excited for the next one. Um, It'll probably be a year or two since, until we see it. Uh, yeah. Unless they've already put it into pre-production. So, but either way, it's great. It's a cool franchise. Keanu, man, man yeah. it, this is the comeback he needed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he never went anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's still not a great actor, though. But I love how he very obviously throws himself into those oh, roles. Yeah. Like yeah. He, you see the videos of him, like training. doing all the training. Mm-hmm. And so cool. I love all that. Like attention to detail that's why the silencer thing pissed me off because <laughs> there's so much attention to detail with gun manipulation and stuff that it's that, just, that leap of movie logic yeah. i suppose so and then uh, i saw king kong how was that i've been hearing it's really fun but it's not it's not amazing it's just it's yeah it's cool uh it was a lot of fun i i mean i went in there expecting big dumb fun mm-hmm. i got big dumb fun okay <laughs> i'm excited it, to see is it better than the godzilla from 2014 I think I thought Godzilla was good. Okay, that's fine. But was but it, was King Kong better? This is what we wanted Godzilla to be. Yeah, they didn't fucking hide him for two hours. They let they you see Kong. Yeah, twenty minutes in, he's fucking shit up, <laughs> and that's what we wanted. I think I told you, uh, it's like Pacific Rim, right? Mm-hmm. You get all this awesome action, and except. Unlike Pacific Rim, you got pretty good actors and a decent story. It's a great cast. I love the cast yeah. for King Kong. I, I I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. My mom loved it. She's like, it's a really good movie. <laughs> and she, we got home. She told my dad, you missed out. It was so good. <laughs> um, yes, she sounds like that. That's perfect. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I uh, I just watched Fargo. The show, the season one, or did you season one? I okay. just watched season one. They, I believe, are casting like have been slowly announcing cast for season three already. Yep. Okay. I, I, there were a couple names on um, there that surprised me. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor's. Ewan McGregor yeah. plays two characters. Oh, all right. Yeah, he oh, plays man. a younger and older brother. Okay. And one's like, uh, like the car salesman of Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, the car. Car King or whatever, mm-hmm. and the other one's like the loser, like, okay, balding, scraggly hair. I, I you're enjoying it. It's getting critical acclaim. Left the and first right, so. season, man. So I I initially thought uh, that this show was just a remake of the at least the first season. Yeah. I thought it was just a remake of the first Fargo. No, no, no. And I was uh, helping my buddy with a short film, um, and the DP on that was telling me that uh, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. There's nods to the first... Uh, it just takes place yeah. in the same universe. Yeah. And, and there's definitely nods to the Coen brothers. Like, there was like some... Uh, they're in a bar, and it's like half-off white Russians. You know, <laughs> nice. That kind of stuff. But, man, it is so good. I don't really care for Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. He's fucking awesome in that. Uh, Martin... Freeman. Freeman. I always want to call him Martin Short. It's not he is, Short. He is short. He is short. He's really good. It, the characters, especially Martin Short, Sheen, <laughs> I mean, I can't keep it. Uh, Freeman. Freeman. He plays a guy named Lester. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
Man, Lester is a complex character for me because I go from loving him to hating him to liking him, rooting for him, wanting him to die. Uh, it's Man, it's so good. Martin uh, Freeman's got the MCU, The Lord of the Rings, Fargo, and uh, uh, Sherlock. End. He was in World's End too. Um, good, good man, good man. <laughs> I, I, I like him. Uh, Interesting. He has, he's he's everywhere. It's yeah, great. but that show, dude. If you haven't watched it, I so, haven't. It's it's one of those so like good. I'll get to it. I know I will. But I, just... I, and I was the same way. I was like, I keep hearing it's so good. Mm-hmm. I ended up just popping it on on Hulu and Binging. I can't stop watching. <laughs> it was not a good show to find right before finals. Oh yeah. Um, Eating up all your time. Oh, it's so good. I I loved it. Well, maybe I will get to it before the next time you come on to record, which hopefully Hopefully won't be... Sooner rather than later. (laughs) Well, can people reach you anywhere? Do you have any social that you want to plug? Not really. Not really? You don't have a Twitch Um, that you do? We are going to be... So there's a short film out. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can look up Cowmaster Studios on YouTube. Was it? Uh, Cowmaster Cow, Studios. Like Moo. Cow, Masters. Cowmaster Studio. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that's right. It's not mine. It's my buddy's, but I've been working with him, mm-hmm. doing some stuff. Uh, we have a little short film on there. It's like 19 seconds long. Okay. Uh, the Zelda one. Oh, yes. I, yeah, the, I, don't I, talk about my Zelda <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, and then we have a uh, short film that I helped him work on, worked with him on. Uh, coming out, uh, he's still in the middle of editing that. It's mostly his show. Mm-hmm. I just, just kind of help, help out. And then uh, we started a Let's Play kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So we have a Let's Play coming up. It's called Poppy's Play. Okay. Uh, just ay ay ay. But it's just us uh, playing video games um, and commenting on it. So we started with Roblox. Okay. And uh, I've I didn't even know what that was until like. A month ago. And now then, people can find out if you love and or hate it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, but, yeah, so check out that Cowmaster Studios on YouTube. Um, it's also on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, check that out. Your little uh, your little gif or 19-second loop of the Zelda one is hilarious. I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it. I was really nervous because, you know, I don't like to be on. I'm not really on camera. So yeah. Oh, no, it was, like, it, it was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. and. Yeah, we shot that in like you know, like yeah. twenty minutes. Not it was, sure, <laughs> it was super fun though. Uh, but our let's play Poppy's Play thing, we plan on making that into a, a series. So we're gonna try and get those out a little regularly. He's just kind of behind on some editing, right. but that'll be coming out hopefully within the next week or two. So uh, maybe, but this will be up in less than a week. So maybe hopefully check around it out. then. So, yeah, Cow Masters Studio. Cow Masters Studios. Cool. Uh, and of course, if you are uh, listening and fans of the show, you can follow Ben at uh, at Benji Toes on Twitter and Instagram, or you can head over to YouTube and Facebook, the band with no name, and check, check out, that stuff out. Yeah, check out Ben's stuff for NBC Asian America, uh, as well as his life uh, story series, both with NBC Asian America and Solo. Uh, he also has an Iron Fist fan film that's been getting that's a lot the of the Iron life. Fist of my heart. Yes. <laughs> And you can follow uh, me on Instagram and Twitter at TC's Big Head. Or you can check me out at, oh boy, I'm at a slew of places. You can go to <laughs> firmamentfilms.com. You can go to uh, Redacted Media. You can also check me out on my monthly show, The One Minute Rewatch, which is on the BitLife Show channel on YouTube. I have a lot of fun with that, particularly because I can talk for hours on the podcast and I have to somehow <laughs> condense 
into 60 seconds of my thoughts on, <laughs> on that show. So, uh, And you check. do really fun things that Animaniac people love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. And if you had any comments on today's episode, whether it be Equilibrium like we talked in the first half or any of the news or just the general conversation we had here, feel free to comment below. But we don't want those negative ones. <laughs> nah, bring on the <laughs> – feed the trolls, feed the trolls. Uh, but with that said, I think we will wrap it up here. Steve, thank you for coming back. And thank you for having me. Uh, we'll, we'll have you back again. You are an official rewatchman. So. I am. I have a picture drawn. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. I'm T.C. DeWitt for Ben, for Steve across the table, for me, for all the rewatchmen around the world saying, whatever you're doing, however hard you're working on it, dream big, keep at it, keep doing what you're doing.